Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome back to the College Football Podcast here on the Fourth and Inches Network. Um, wow, yeah, gosh, we're literally going into the final weekend of college football coming up. Um, it's been a long year. Uh, it feels like a long time. Um, we've uh, we've had thrills, spills, upsets. You know, my Nebraska Cornhuskers finishing with another losing record. Uh, Tristan's Oregon Ducks Tristan's. making another bowl game. Uh, as we'll talk about later. And he's a Tristan Zorigan. Oh. And so Clemson <laughs> Tigers. No, I'm joking. Uh, Trist, Tristan's Clemson Tigers making the college playoff semi-finals. And uh Suck Deep's Oregon Ducks making the Fiesta Bowl this year. So yeah, two uh lovely ball games for you guys. Uh we were we were already on the beach on December the 18th whatever the heck it was but um yeah yeah it's been a great year it's been it's been a great season we are so happy to have had college football this year because of course uh, at times due to COVID-19 it looked like we were not going to get a season when all the conferences opted back in we uh we had a year to enjoy football and yeah let's just crack into it we've just had the New Year's Day bowl games all the bowl games and there's a lot to unpack here um, but first and foremost, uh, we have to say a good hello to our podcast hosting team with myself, as always, Nick Loff. We have Tristan Watkin. Hi, guys. And, and uh, happy birthday Booney. to you, Nick. Yeah, happy birthday, bud. Thank you very much. Yeah, it is the 5th of January we're recording today, and it is my 26th <coughs> birthday today. So, yeah. Um been a good birthday i mean it's good as it's been as good a birthday as you could get having just started your third lockdown today <laughs> um yeah it was enjoyable lovely indian food presents family love all the good stuff um but there's no better way to finish off the birthday than chatting college football with you guys and we have to start somewhere and the place we will start is the alabama versus Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl, the first of the two college football playoff semi-final games. Uh, Bama went in as a heavy favourite after steamrolling every team they played this season. Um, and if you watch the game, you'll uh, it was pretty much the same thing uh, here over in Pasadena. Uh, gents, Alabama Crimson Tide 31, Notre Dame Fighting Irish 14. I'll throw it over to you, Tristan. What what were your what were your thoughts on this game? It was everything that we expected. Notre Dame snuck the backdoor cover of the point spread late. Um, yeah, just Alabama. This score this score could have been higher. Alabama were dominant. They were just they were the better team. They could have probably 
put their foot down on the game a little more, but understandably, the game was won relatively early. I reckon they probably um, eased off a little bit, didn't need to put the extra effort in because save yourself for the national championship game, your semi-finals wrapped up. Devonta Smith fooled out. Um, think he secured his Heisman win, most likely. We'll discuss that a little later, but I think, but yeah, he was phenomenal um, in this game. You know, it's, what more can you say about Alabama, really? What more can you say about them? They are the best team in college football. And they showed it. You know, Devonta Smith, seven catches, 130 yards, three touchdowns. Najee Harris, 15 carries, 125 yards. Matt Jones, 25 of 30 for 297 and four touchdowns. It was expert performance from Bama and Notre Dame were the team we expected them to be. Lacked, lacked anything on offense. And their defense isn't good enough to hold Alabama to less than 30. Yes. Suck, suck deep. Um, do you think that Notre Dame? Do you think? <laughs> yes. Do you think that um, not, the the game, ref, you know, on reflection, uh, does it look like that? Do you think that? Because obviously, a lot of people thought Notre Dame maybe didn't deserve to be in the college playoffs. Do you think that they played like a team that didn't deserve it, or do you think they were deserving? Just people might look at the scoreline and think, outcast. yeah, maybe they did deserve it, but. If you look at the reflection of the actual game, I mean, like Tristan's kindly pointed out, um, you know, seven of the points came in, you know, the fourth quarter when pretty much the game was done and done. And for me, I think Alabama were actually just holding a bit back, knowing that, you know, they've comfortably won this game and they got to save themselves for uh, the final. So if you look at obviously some of the other games that Alabama had, I mean, the, the Florida one obviously comes to mind. That was a much tougher contest uh, for the Crimson side, um, looking at it. So maybe I personally wouldn't have had Notre Dame in there, but they were, they were kind of there on merit, given the fact they beat Clemson, albeit, you know, we've talked about this numerous times, you know, a Clemson, which was depleted, but, you know, at the end of the day, they still beat them. Many other college teams may not have beat that Clemson team. You know, if, if you give me like 10 teams, it's probably only one or two that may have beaten that Clemson team. So, I think on the surface, you have to give them that playoff position. But, you know, I think Florida may, maybe would have given a better game. I don't know whether Texas A&M might have, but, you know, you, we'll just never know. But um, in terms of the game, I mean, did you guys see that jump by Najee Harris? Like, that was yeah, an amazing that was insane. Jump for that leap. And, um, you know, obviously all the plaudits are going to Devonta Smith, and rightly so. You know, hopefully tonight he gets that Heisman Trophy. But Najee Harris as well, he's another player who deserves a lot of praise for his performance this year. Um, he's just been an absolute, you know, beast of a running back. And, you know, I'll be interested to see what happens with him in the draft. Um, you know, he's had a great season. I mean, 24 touchdowns and rushing for um, just near, just a bit under 1,400 yards, I believe. So, yeah, um, very comfortable for them. Um, Notre Dame couldn't get going anywhere, you know. Um, the running game, Ian Book as well, just it's nothing there. But I guess they did well to hold off only 31 points. It's, you know, doesn't seem too bad from a Notre Dame perspective, but I honestly think Alabama just thought the game was done and dusted and they just took their foot off the gas, really. I I said the, said the same thing to you. Um, I said the same thing. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll 
lost Nick for a momentarily, so but I'm sure he'll come back. Here he is. I am. Nick. I am. Yeah, I was here the whole time. You, oh, you know what signals like. But I've got a question for Tristan. It was just, um, you know, Tristan. What do you think was more interesting in this game? Was it was it working out who was going to win between Alabama and Notre Dame? Or was it watching watching like a three-way battle for the Heisman between Devonta Smith, Najee Harris and Matt Jones? Because a lot more people I saw tweeting like saying, oh, Jones has, Jones has won the Heisman of tonight. No, I think Smith. I think Harris. I think that was, you know, they, they had three guys who could all maybe maybe win the Heisman. I know Harris might be a bit of an outside one, but if, you know, outside the top four, I'm, I reckon if you wrote a top 10 list, Najee Harris would be on it. Well, Najee Harris is fifth. He's he was he was the he was the fifth for me going into these games, and yeah, he probably taken third in all honesty. I think you could put those three Bama mm. players in any order to mm. top the Heisman. Carl Trask had a woeful night, which we'll talk about, and he didn't have a bad. And again, Travis didn't have a bad night, but we'll I'll yeah. talk about that I obviously think, when we recap. I the think for me, game. I mean, I. I think at the beginning of this had that QB bias that oh it has to be a QB, but now just thinking of it, why not? Why not be Devonta Smith? You know, like what reason do we have not to? I mean, at the end of the day, the way I picture it, if you're sort of looking at Mac Jones and Devonta Smith, is where would Mac Jones be if he doesn't have Devonta Smith? Mm. And where would Devonta Smith be I think that- if he doesn't have Mac Jones? And when I weigh that up. I think Mac Jones needs Devonta Smith more, more than Devonta Smith needs Mac Jones, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Uh, again, another argument you could make is how much has Devonta Smith benefited from Jalen Waddle's injury? Would he, would he have got as many catches and targets from Mac Jones if Waddle was playing? Yeah. Would, you know, there's, a, there's a number of arguments you can make for all of these players. Like you say... Um, the Heisman is traditionally a quarterback face award. It has been for a long time. And you occasionally get a running back in there. And, you know, and, and the only reason I say uh, Devon is going to get it is I think he bails out Mac Jones and makes Mac Jones look better. I don't think Mac Jones makes yeah, Devon Smith look yeah. better. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. So let's move on to the other game from the semifinals. Uh, here's a stat line for you. 44%... 44% completion, 114 yards and two interceptions. That's what Justin Fields put up against the Northwestern Wildcats as the Buckeyes won 22-10 in the Big Ten Championship game. If it wasn't for running back Trey Sermon, they probably wouldn't have made it into the college playoffs. Fields had a sprained thumb that he said in an interview after the game. So heading into the game, head against a Clemson side, flexing their muscles, having flexed their muscles, their full-strength team, as they blew out Notre Dame uh, in the uh, in the ACC championship game the week before, uh, the Buckeyes were heavily not favourites in this game. However, with that stat line obviously causing um, a bit of a surprise, the Buckeyes went on to cause possibly the upset of well, it was the upset of the season surely, um, as they beat Clemson. Um, I'm not trying to rub it in at all, Tristan, but they did absolutely run the score up 49 to 28. Uh, six, six touchdowns thrown by Justin Fields. Uh, there's talk about him maybe not even being the second best quarterback. After talks of him maybe being the best quarterback in this draft, um, you know, he's, his net, it was is it Justin Fields, is it Trevor Lawrence? Because some people thought Fields might be there after his amazing 2019. 
It's now talk of Zach Wilson ahead of him. Well, Justin Fields took that personally and threw 22 for 28, 385 yards, six touchdowns and one single pick. I'm going to throw over to Sugdeep and leave Tristan to just get his words right, exactly <laughs> what he wants to say. He said all this time, we didn't even let him, we didn't even let him speak to us in the, in the WhatsApp group we have. We want him to yeah. keep, we want him to hold this, this feeling for a bit longer. So I want Suk's opinions first. Um, Suk, it's not like Trevor Lawrence had a bad day. Ohio State, no, not at all. A, Ohio State had a really good day, didn't they? Yeah, that's it. Um, this talk of Justin Fields overtaking Trevor Lawrence, I mean, that's far, far from being close. Lawrence is standalone for me still in the draft. Um, I'd still, I mean, we, we've been critical of Fields um, over the past few weeks on this podcast and you know he he shut me right up <laughs> when i was watching this particularly the second quarter i mean the, the first quarter it, it looked like it was going to be sort of a back and forth scoring affair and and to be honest uh, the way the way i saw the first quarter going i i honestly thought clemson at some point were going to sort of break away but that second quarter um I, I just don't know what happened fields was just completely just on his game he's uh, just so accurate with his throwing so much poise, you know, it was just amazing, um, you know, and that second quarter for me just completely demoralised Clemson. Uh, Clemson in the second half looked like a team that was just desperate to sort of make some plays, but I think Trevor was exposed due to, I think his offensive line didn't help him out at times as well. Um, he was sort of pressured a lot by their defence and, you know, when you're when you're up, well, sorry, when you're down by sort of 21 points, it's it's always going to be difficult. But I, I still believe that maybe sometime in the third quarter, I mean, you guys know, I, well, Nick, you know that I was watching it uh, the next day and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm in the third quarter now. So when's this happening? And it just didn't happen, did it? So, yeah, um, yeah a complete shock. Um, but credit to Ohio State, especially... Um, Olav as well, the uh, Chris Olav, the wide receiver, uh-huh. he had a monster game, monster game. Um, mm. You know, very so impressive. very he looked very impressive. You know, he's, I think he's in his junior season. Uh, he looks really good. Um, Sermon, obviously, we talked about Sermon. Um, you know, he had a monster game, but yeah, just absolute shock. But I think I think it's time for Tristan to finally let us know Tri- what yeah. he's been feeling. Tristan, I'm letting you, I want you to just give us a monologue. We're going to sit here and not say a word till you finish your final word. Let's hear it. I actually appreciated having a few days to think about this before talking about it because obviously, you know, Sunday morning, I live in Devon. I spent Sunday morning into the afternoon in the moors with no mobile phone signal, clearing my head of it all. I just, I was in a foul mood. You don't like losing. You never like your team losing. Um, having a few days has been good though um, really the, the, the game was what it was Ohio State came in and were motivated they came in there with a point to prove They uh, after last year and they had to silence some critics they've not had a great season I've been critical of them I've been critical of Justin Fields a bit like so I said proved everyone wrong he put everything together that he needed to to have that monster game but I still found myself after the game looking at two parts of Clemson, which I've at this point were an issue after the Notre Dame loss. And I mentioned it on the podcast then. 
I'm going to mention it again now. Clemson's offensive line was not good enough to compete. We are very young on our offensive line. We graduated a lot of players um, out of our offensive line last year. Mitch Hyatt, John Simpson, you know, big key parts of that line were gone. And Jackson Carmen is our best tackle who's been there more than a year. Um, we've recruited well on the line the last couple of years. They're not ready to play. They will be next year. Hopefully that will develop. But yeah, but success. Ohio State got pressure for Trevor. None of this game was Trevor's fault. Trevor did everything he could. This game was he was let down by bad offensive line play, and our defense not quite being good enough. And it wasn't and it wasn't against Notre Dame. It was banged up. But we're very young on defense, still Clemson, and it showed. Our defensive backs couldn't handle Ohio State's wide receivers. Our front tried to get pressure, but not enough. It was. Ohio State did a really good job of ex- exposing the flaws that Clemson had. And I look back over the whole season, and the signs of this were sort of coming. Like, as a Clemson fan, I chose to ignore some of them. Like, you know, we had a bad game against Boston College. I know it was our backups, but we didn't put points up in the second half against Citadel. We struggled against Notre Dame when we played them the first time round. We had some games that were probably closer than people expected. We had the obvious blowout still. And I think... To a degree, Dabo Sweeney got complacent. We seemed going in because normally when Clemson goes into the playoffs, where we tend to normally be that four spot, we tend to be the outsider where there's a banner and whatnot looking in, and we play the underdog card, even though we're not half the time. Dabo's done a really good job of putting a chip on our shoulder to give us the extra motivation to go into the postseason. This year, we went in there all cocky and confident, and Ohio State just punched Clemson in the mouth and punched them hard enough that they couldn't get back up. Ohio State with a better team. And like I say, they they exploited Clemson's issues. So next year is going to be interesting for Clemson. The defense is going to be another year older. It needs to be a better unit. Um, The offensive line, we've got some high-level recruits who have had their first year sitting a little, learning the, the offense. They need to kick on next year. And solidify that position. We've had Tristan Lee, high um, five-star recruit out of Virginia, commit on the offensive line this week. Much needed. Um, but there'll be question marks going into to next season for Clemson. I think what happens from here, you know, you know, we can't just rely on talent alone. And I think that's what we expected to do mm-hmm. going into this game, to rely on our... Because I still think as a roster, we have superior talent to Ohio State in a number of positions. But... We relied on our talent. Ohio State played more as a team. They had a game plan. Ryan Day coached this game brilliantly. And Clemson deserved to lose. Clemson did not play well. And I can't make an excuse for them. Ohio State was just purely the better team. Well, they got Ryan Day some acknowledgement of, you know, uh, NFL teams interested in them. But he said that, uh, I've heard this week, that he said that he's not interested and he wants to stay at Ohio State which is, uh, is is quite a surprise one. Whereas uh, the Northwestern Wildcats head coach, uh, he he said he wants to he says he wants to talk to some NFL teams. I don't know if you've seen that, guys. But, um, yeah, interesting one, though. I, th- I think with that, there's one coach there who knows his limit at the moment. Ryan Day's only been a head coach for two years, and I think if he makes the jump to the NFL now, he could get caught short. And he will have opportunity again. He has shown the last couple of years that he is a very good head coach, not ready for the NFL. Pat Fitzgerald for Northwestern has been a solid coach and this year has stepped up and done really well at Northwestern. 
And this is probably his only opportunity at an NFL gig that's going to yeah. come up. So I think it, one of them is a person trying to take advantage of an opportunity. The other is a person understanding where they are and knowing that that opportunity will come to mm. them again. Yeah, I probably agree with you, to be honest. Probably agree. I can't really say much else, really. I thought, um, I, I won't admit, I haven't been very well this past week. Um, not COVID, fortunately. Had a test, I'm all good. And I'm feeling a bit, a lot better than I was. But um, I, I wasn't going to put my body through the ringer. I, I, I didn't put my body through the ringer to stay up for the Washington-Philly game. I recorded that. And uh, I, uh, I I couldn't record the uh, this game. So I only watched the highlights. I haven't seen the score. But yeah, um, I mean, I think when, no, no one's even given credit to Trey Sermon or given him enough credit that he still, you know, had 193 rushing yards um, and averaged 6.2 rushes a yard, yards a rush. Sorry, um, he he was almost almost as good as he was in the Big Ten championship game. But but the only difference is they didn't they didn't ask him to be as good because Justin Fields very much nicely complemented it and. You know, A, A plus B equals C. With Trey Sermon balling plus Justin Fields balling equals 49 points. Um, yeah, um, I probably didn't give Trey Sermon enough love. Also, I know I've been critical of Fields as well. I think Justin Fields this weekend secured being the second QB off the board um, when it comes to April. I, I hear people talking about Zach Wilson being the second QB off the board and... I can't buy into it at all. I, I don't understand these people who have had him above fields at any yeah. position. For me, the two the two QBs in this draft are one A, one B. I think yeah. it depends on I, I Trevor Lawrence I think is a better quarterback, mm. but Justin Fields is a quarterback that if you're gonna run a certain scheme that requires your quarterback to be a little bit mobile, a bit a bit like Lamar Jackson, he's going to do that a little bit better than Trevor. I think if you're looking for a pocket passer and a leader, someone to build your franchise around, he's perfect. I I think Justin Fields would be perfect for one of those teams that's got like middle of the first round to trade up for him, where there's pieces around 49ers. him and he's just 49ers. 49ers. He would, 49ers someone like him, that. him in like a shifty offense, like the 49ers play. I think that would be perfect for him because he's a better. He's he's nobody's on the level of even even you know I might get abused for this, but even Michael Vick would is it would be a little bit envious of what Lamar Jackson can do. Um, <laughs> But and he's he's a he's a very he's a very good rushing quarterback as Fields, but he's nowhere near as good mm. as Lamar Jackson. But he is a lot better passer than Lamar Jackson. And this and this this idea that Fields can't throw bombs downfield, he made two of the best passes that I've seen in in, in college football oh, yeah. this season in that game. Like he he blew. I mean, he has receivers to do it, but he threw two balls for fifty plus yards that were just. Amazing. Like, mm. they, they, they were they were on the money. They were just like, you know. I think I think I I, I saw Zach. Obviously, I watched Zach Wilson's highlights for BYU. They beat UCF in a ball uh, in a ball game, and um, he was impressive. But yeah, he didn't do anything that stunned me. It was nice, like a nicely game managed win, and he looked nice. And I thought he was good, but yeah. Fields just just opened my eyes up again to what an elite 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 level quarterback looks like, and yeah, he is he is very special, and I'd be shocked if he makes it past two, whether it's the Jets or they trade down. I reckon the Jets trade out of that pick. I just I think as much as Darnold is, I love Darnold, and 
he may have not been the greatest this season. I think the Jets will look at him as still being very young. Do you think of how young he was when he declared yeah. a few years ago? I think he's only coming into being 24. Um, he might still be 23. Like, Joe Burrow was a rookie at 24. Like, he's developed in the NFL. I, I still think the Jets will think he's a suitable franchise quarterback for the future. They'll trade down, acquire more assets. They have more needs on that team to fill than quarterbacks that are more yeah. pressing. Um, and I think a team like San Francisco, who have got a lot of the pieces already, who might just give up some draft capital to move up to get um, someone like Justin Fields, mm. you know, would be, I think, that's a more likely outcome mm. than the Jets. It might not that necessarily pitch. even be a team like the 49ers. I mean, look at the Ravens. I mean, who was the quarterback before? Lamar Jackson, it was Joe Flacco, you know, someone who's completely different, completely different style of quarterback. So you could just also find someone who's willing to take the chance and just completely reinvigorate their offense, you know. Um, Denver could be one. You know what? If, if, if the Cowboys, Cause, cause then, if the Cowboys don't want to give Dak that contract, why not? Hmm. I mean, I, I, I said, I, you know, I, I said, you know, like, much to my mate who thinks it's impossible that the Cowboys will move off Dak, but you've got to think about it. Like, if they can just trade a little something, something and get a player like Justin Fields, the, the what you've given up in draft capital is what you save over the next four years in, in cap space. Um, you know, it's, you're going to have to pay Dak 30 million a year. You know, what you can do with that extra 20, 22 million or 24 million or whatever it is that you're, you're saving by taking Justin Fields. Dallas, Dallas look like, you know, they're two star players on defense this year. Jalen Smith and uh, and Demarcus Lawrence are getting paid, what, $32 million between them. And they were both very, very poor. You know, they they, they look like they could be a bit in trouble with the cap. Um, that freedom of, you know, they, there's no better time for the Cowboys to start again than it is now. And Justin Fields, if they could manage to get him... Um, they could be, they could be a, a smart, a smart landing place for him. But yeah, we never know, and we'll we'll soon discuss what's going to happen with all our predictions with the draft as we get close to time. But yeah, that sets up a lovely college football playoff final, um, which we will talk about later between Alabama and Notre Dame. Um, but first, let's have a let's talk about some of the bowl games, the other the four other big bowl games that happened. Um, and we'll start with the game that was on Christmas, Christmas, New Year's Eve, um, and it's the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. Obviously, we did um, hit Miss Mayor last week in a new kind of style with four bowls. We've obviously done the rose, and we did the um, what was it, the Orange Bowl? That no, the Sugar Bowl. Sorry, it was Ohio State Clemson this year. So we'll here's the first of the other two that we did, the uh, Cotton Bowl. And Oklahoma against Florida. Um, who wants to? Who wants to have a stab at this one? Yeah, first? Open the floor. I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll stab at it first because I was completely wrong about the game. And I think I told you guys as soon as we finished recording the podcast, I was like, I think I've made a mistake in my prediction. <laughs> I went for the Gators to win this, and I just didn't think there'd be that much of a gap. Um, in all honesty, with what the Gators had missing, um, honestly, I, I just, I just didn't expect it. Um, but clearly, you, you know that Trask needs his uh, tight end and his receiver to be relevant because he was absolutely 
absolutely poor in this game. And, uh, you know, credit to Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler, you know, did did the business. Um, good running game as well. Rushed all over Florida. Florida's defence, uh, time and time again, has let them down this season. And obviously, when you're playing a high-powered offence like Oklahoma, um, you're going to... Yeah, you're going to pay the price. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I was completely wrong about it. And to be honest, if I'm being completely honest, as soon as the podcast is over, I was like, yeah, I'm wrong. (laughs) 435 rushing yards Oklahoma put up. That was the key. Spencer Rattler, you know, he threw 247 yards and three touchdowns, but he only threw 14 completed passes. This, No receiver went over 70 yards. This game was about what they could do on the ground. And they just gashed Florida. They just absolutely gashed him. Like I remember, I rem- I remember. No, wrong game. I'm thinking of Miami. Never mind. But yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to quote something that you said sucked, but I'm getting the 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 Canes oh. and the, the Gators mixed up here. But um, no. But either way, Oklahoma. Yeah, you know, between they got almost 300 yards between two guys, just two guys rushing. You know, they couldn't. They just couldn't stop them. Uh, Florida, the D line just. Capitulated, really. Mm. Yeah, you knew it was going to be a tough night for Oklahoma. I'm not Oklahoma, sorry, for Florida when Emory Jones was coming in the game in the first quarter to take snaps from Kyle yeah. to get the offense. Yeah, like that first that first quarter was was it was something else. Um, I watched the first half of this live and then it was done. It was done by halftime for me, and I was like, I'm going to go to bed and I'll grab the second half in the morning, but. It was just, yeah. The contrast missed his guys. It was, it was where the big bodies like Tony and Pitts, where the throw was a bit wayward, would bail him out. The freshmen weren't bailing Carl Trask out, and it was just ending up with Oklahoma DBs on a plate. And again, Oklahoma's defense has been steadily improving this year, and they just they turned up massively in this game and. Spencer Rattler had been improving all year. Oklahoma were a team that are peaking. And I, I felt maybe Florida's peak was coming close to Alabama and it was always going to fizzle out. But yeah, game wasn't close. Florida um, didn't look anywhere near as good. And it'll be interesting to see what the Gators look like next year. Obviously, Trask leaving Gainesville. Um, neither of the quarterbacks that were backing him up look like they're going to be anywhere close to his level. They're losing offensive weapons and the defensive suspect wouldn't be surprised to see the Gators have a massive drop next year and not be a very good team. Yeah, I wonder what this does for Kyle Pitts's um draft stock because I'm sure he'll sit down at interviews with teams and go, You know, I, I have you seen did you see what Kyle Trust did, my teammate, when I didn't play? I literally managed to get one of my teammates to almost win the Heisman. Uh, by myself. I can't see him because... saying that though in interviews. Can you really see oh, him oh, his I'm, teammate oh, under I'm, the bus? So I'm joking. It's a joke. Come on. I, don't, I don't actually. I thought you were being Come serious on. then. <laughs> no, I, I, it's it's a it's a joke. I don't, I don't mean he's actually going to sit down and tell these people. But I mean, I'm I'm just talking like um, talking uh, fanatically, fan, you know, fancifully, fancifully. Yeah. You know, he he <laughs> he 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 can. You know, teams will look and go. Hmm. Kyle Pitts was unbelievable with Kyle Trask. They had a great team, but when Pitts wouldn't play, like Alabama, like uh, the Sooners game, Trask completely, completely fell apart. Yeah. I wouldn't have anything in that. But I, yeah, I, I genuinely think that Pitts, 
what happened to Trask in both games with Pitts not playing will have zero, could, could, could only have positive effect on this draft stock, not negative. Because, yeah, he clearly showed that when he's not there, Trask is struggling. Yeah, I think we've said it before that um, the games, the games, the NFL game is going to be a bit too fast for Carl Trask and he potentially mm-hmm. will struggle, um, you know, and not only um, with Pitts as well. I mean, he also had uh, Kadarius Tony. He wasn't in the lineup either. So I think we've got to give a shout out to him as well. I think he's another key weapon that he was missing as well. So you can't just sort of say it's just Pitts as well. I mean, Tony's been very, very good this season as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. But um, one thing, though, I, I did I did call it. It was a lot of mock drafts that had Kyle Pitts as snuck sneaking into the end of the first round before this game. I called it. I didn't say. I didn't say I necessarily thought he was a first round quarterback. I just thought if he keeps playing the way he does and wins a Heisman, he will possibly go in the first round. And he was in those mock drafts, but as you guys rightly called it, he won't be a first round pick. He will be even close. And mainly because of this game, because if he flips it, throws three touchdowns and no picks, and beats the Sooners, he 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 might have won the Heisman. Um, but no, we don't we don't have to have this argument anymore because yeah. he's definitely not going to be. Matt, Matt Jones pick. is ahead of him, right? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, be, I was I was surprised when Adam. I think who was it? Was it Todd McShay? Has Mac Jones as his thirty-second best player in this class? Like, yeah, that sounds right to me. I, I, I like Mac Jones, but he's he's in the forties. Oh, sorry, 40, yes, 40, 50, I thought you were going the other way. In talent, apologise. Yeah, I don't. I, I agree. When I say thirty second, I thought you, you know, I thought you were thinking he was higher than that. I was like, yeah, no, he's not. But currently, think no, I don't. I I agree with you the other way. Mm-hmm. I do. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he's thirty best. Thirty second best player in the class. No. But before we move on to the next game, and we're getting caught up in quite a lot of draft talk already. Um, yeah, I think there's three QBs in the show. I think there's always three QBs that were deserving of a first-round grade. Uh, there's a fourth that's at the bottom, which a lot of people are trying to hype up a bit more. Zach um, Wilson. Say Lance. Um, yeah, so I have... There's two top-ten quarterbacks in my eyes, and that's Fields and Lawrence, that you would take a user top-ten pick with. Top, obviously, top, five, top, top five pick. Top, top five. Yeah. Um, between 15 and 20 is where I'd put... Zach Wilson, and between and between twenty and thirty-two, I'd put Trey Lance. I'm not sold on Trey Lance. If you if you go back, Nick, in the old college football UK Facebook group chat that we had, um, I used to have arguments with Matthew in there all the time about how I thought Trey Lance was overrated. He played in the Division Two school, and the one time he played another good Division Two school. In a championship game, he struggled for three quarters. Uh-huh. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't see franchise quarterback in yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I see very good quarterback. I, um, I, 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 I might agree with you. I, I literally still don't watch Lance enough because I never watched that conference. He didn't play this year. But yeah, no, that what I, what you say makes a lot of sense. It would be an unpopular opinion because I, I don't think I've really seen a, a, a prediction that doesn't have Lance inside the top fifteen picks. Um, People think that he will be a, a top fifteen pick um, comfortably, but I do agree. I, you know, I, I can see what you're saying. I wouldn't say it's wrong. Yeah, and people are just going to be thinking about Carson Wentz now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. That's very true. 
But um, moving on to uh, another key ball game that happened. Three games that all happened on New Year's Day. We'll go to now. And uh, yeah, the first one that I want to talk about is the Peach Bowl. And it, it was a peach of a game. I mean, it wasn't a hugely high score in one, but it was a very tense, nervy chess game, which uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats... Uh, we're looking like they're going to win it, but what a comeback from Georgia. Um, I watched this game from start to finish, and yeah, they really, really dug their heels in on defence and pulled it back. And uh, remember the name Jack Podlensky? Um, Jack Podlesny, sorry, Podlensky. It's a bit dyslexia there. Jack Pod Podlesny, the uh, sophomore, I think he's a sophomore kicker, he never kicked further than 51 yards, which he kicked against Tennessee early this year and was asked from 53 to kick the game winner. And it went plumb tuck through the posts as the Bulldogs walked it off. Um, I'll just give you my opinion first. I, I thought this was a great... This this was eight versus nine for me. These two teams looked the part of what they were. They, you know, the offense might not look stunning. No, you know, no receiver. On uh, since he went over fifty nine yards, you know, didn't had any one hundred yard rushes. But th- that's what happens when you have two good teams just just grinding it out. And um, yeah, the, the 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 most the most flashy player on the field is a guy that uh, I know Tristan doesn't rate too much in George Pickens. But yeah, a huge game did Pickens. Uh, he was the difference maker for the Bulldogs. One hundred and thirty five yards and a touchdown. Uh, he went on a huge 51-yard play as well. JT Daniels, one touchdown, one pick, has really kind of steadied this team. He looks a lot better than uh, Stetson Bennett did and other quarterback options before. But yeah, ground, grounded out game between two teams and the Bulldogs were just the hot... The Bulldogs were just the hotter team in the fourth quarter, really. They had the best quarter of any team, either team in the entire game. You want it to be the fourth quarter of your team and that's what the Bulldogs were. Uh, yeah, worthy winners in my opinion. I think they they they, they grounded out, and I felt I don't know why I had myself cheering on the Bulldogs. I really don't, but I did. Um, and yeah, I think they deserve the win. Uh, Suck. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't watch too much of this one. I think you guys watched uh, a lot more than I did. Um, yeah, I was surprised with the Bearcats start. To be honest, um, like you said, with Georgia, they're a lot more comfortable. With JT Daniels, um, you know, on the helm, uh, Stetson Bennett actually did uh, did throw one pass for twelve yards, so that was that's interesting, one hundred percent. So, well done to him. But um, yeah, literally, like you said, it's just a, a a rugged result, and you kind of need that against a team like the Bearcats because obviously they've been quite stingent, you know, with their defense, not letting in too many points. And we, yeah, we did call it, didn't we? We we literally said it was going to be like a three or four point score uh, and it'd go in sort of either way. So the result didn't surprise me, but in the manner in which Georgia fought back, um, you know, in the second half, especially the fourth quarter, you know, absolutely amazing. And yeah, you've got to hand it to them really. Um, You know, um, Bearcats, obviously they were missing Dokes, I believe the running back. So maybe one less, you know, weapon of their repertoire, but yeah, you, you've got to you've got to give both sides credit. And yeah, I think the result was just about right. Georgia slightly were going to be the better team against the Bearcats, but at least we've also now. I think anything, it's not taken away the season that the Bearcats have had this year because 
losing three points to, you know, a team like Georgia is not, you know, it's not no sort of mean feat. So I think it doesn't derail their season either, you know, losing by three points. No, I predicted this. Mm-hmm. As, I had this. No, I, I had this game three points off a perfect prediction. I had this 27-21 to Georgia. I was a field goal off. But, yeah, it was, it was a great game. One of my favourite things, I don't know if you guys have seen this on Twitter, did you see the picture of Justin Harris, the Bearcats' corner after this game? Yeah, he, he, you showed me that, I think, yeah. And that, yeah, um, after the game, after while the game. Georgia were getting all their trophy presentations, after shaking everyone's hands, Bearcats' corner, Justin Harris just stood there and watched it all just to motivate himself that... I don't know, I like when players have that little bit of grit in them, but he isn't just going to go and hide away from it. He went and embraced watching his opponent succeed to make him a better player and give him some motivation. I just thought it was a really cool That's little gutsy. moment. I like that. And, like, and it's not like he's gone in, got his pads off. He's still in full pads holding his helmet. Like He's not left the field um, to go and do that. But yeah, a lot clo- uh, really close game. It was exactly what I expected. Um, George will be an interesting proposition next year. Mm. To be honest, maybe he just wanted to see like a, a ceremony because he, you know, <laughs> you don't see you don't see those things too often. So even if his team lost, oh, they won the cup. It's like when it's like when you go to a cup final and you watch the other no, team. Went to their, they, they won their conference since Cincinnati, didn't they? So he would have been part of a trophy presentation on the yeah. front of that. So I yeah, think I it's really yeah. a motivational yeah, point for them. But yeah, great game. Yeah. Yeah, if he's a better man than me, I would have been out of there. Like, I don't like watching the other team lift the trophy at all. I'm not a good loser. But that's just me. <laughs> um, so We know that. Just ask Facebook, a... Nick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, did, I put a pretty angry Facebook message on about the, the Philadelphia Eagles in their spineless ways. But that's... Uh, that's one for another day. Um, so let's let's keep it moving. And you know what? Not just not just because you said that, so hey. but I am gonna. But but it is the next game on my sure. screen. Uh, the PlayStation, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl uh, between tenth ranked Iowa State and twenty fifth ranked uh, Oregon. The losers of the Big Twelve Championship against the winners of the Pac Twelve Championship. Uh, the game finished 34-17 to Iowa State. Um, and it was a pretty pretty close game through um, the the sort of first quarter and, and, and parts of the second quarter. But when Iowa State pulled away, the game itself in the second half was was a bit of a dull one. Yeah. But yeah, Suk, I'll, I'll, I'll let you take the floor with this one. It's uh, You did call the loss, but I'm sure there's a few things that happened in this game on Oregon's part that you were probably particularly disappointed with. Yeah, uh, one thing being five turnovers. Um, whenever you you know have five turnovers in a game, you, the chances are you're going to completely lose um, the game. They were able to run all over us. Brees Hall, obviously big fan of Brees Hall, the way he runs. Um, he was absolutely, you know, relentless against us from the first drive, you know, right to the end, really. So, um, the other, the other thing, obviously, you know, you and I went into detail about was just the fact that Oregon don't really trust their QBs. Um, you know, 
when, when you're playing in these sort of games, the last thing you want is to be using two different quarterbacks, you know, one having sort of 19 snaps and the other one having nine. It's just like, you know, wh- which way are we going as an offense? You know, it, it just will stop, start, stop, start. And, you know, for me, you know, if I'm a head coach, I stick with one guy in there. Um, but yeah, like I say, it was just silly mistakes, turnovers, you know, just cost us. There was obviously the early one with, uh, I think it was Travis Dye, um, had lost the ball. And yeah, we're, we're always not surprised. I, I think I was saying Tristan off air, like I think I gave Iowa State the, um, the win by seven points. I think, in all honesty, hand on heart, I was probably being a bit generous there. Being an Oregon fan, I didn't want to sort of not be behind my guys, but also I was going to be realistic in knowing that, you know, I were going to win. I did say that all it needed was Brock Purdy not to make any mistakes. He had a sturdy game, didn't really have to do much, really, did he? You know, uh, 156 yards, got, got the one touchdown pass. Um, and one player that I do like as well is the tight end. Uh, Charlie Collar, I think he's uh, he's definitely a mid-round draft pick uh, coming up. Uh, mm. Big big fan sure. of his. Um, so yeah, it was it was comfortable. It was comfortable second half for Iowa. But really, really disappointed in Oregon. A lot of rebuilding to do for next year. Um, be interesting with what happens with Tyler Shot now. Obviously, we've got Ty Thompson coming in um, as a recruit, but. I don't see him obviously getting in. You know, very rare for you know a freshman to be in straight away. So um, I, yeah. I still believe in Tyler. To be honest, uh, I think if you look at the first three games that Oregon had in the season, he, he looked like a really good quarterback who had the odd mistake or two in him with an interception, but he, he still threw for really good numbers and good number of touchdowns. So I still believe in him. I just think he just needs to get a bit more confidence. Maybe now. He can go back and just sort of, you know, learn a bit better and, and do have yeah. a much better next season. Very true. I mean, what I want to—I I don't like to dwell on them, but I know what it's like when you know you see turn silly turnovers. Um, yeah, when I see Giants or Nebraska, you know, it frustrates you. But um, there was two in particular for the Ducks that. They're just ones that you know. You throw a pick; it's not great. But there was two in particular for the Ducks that you just, you just want to bury yourself and you know, go, curl up in a ball and sort of fall, you know, in the ground. And that was the was it a, a, the dropped? Was it Michael Wright? Did he drop? The, yeah, there's my yeah. He, there was also. I mean, the one that frustrated me the most was the one in the the second quarter. The, no, the second quarter as well. The second and twenty. The kickoff oh. as well. Because just that the one where it was second twenty it was a seven point game, and at that point, you know, we're still, you know, that's where I was sort of run away from it. I think that was sort of the de- de- uh, decisive one, but yeah, the kickoff one was absolutely. It's just really frustrating, you know that that one. It literally that was your, that was your, that was your, that was your man, wasn't it? Your, your man DJ, Johnson, DJ Johnson, yeah, DJ Johnson. Um, it's just just unfortunate, and it was obviously you know the field position as well after that, you know. Just made it easy. If anyone didn't, if if anyone didn't see it, it was like a sky kick that didn't go very deep, and it went over DJ Johnson's head, and he he did it earlier in the game because they did something similar, and he kind of did like an over the shoulder catch. Yeah, he had his back. Um, to, he this, had his back this time, to the other side, and yeah, but this time it was a bit, little bit further behind him, and it was a really unfortunate situation where it bounced, 
like hit the nose of the football and then looped back over his head again. And by the time he realised it, come back over his head, uh, there was a there was a cyclone. And then on he it. had the so other punch it was as well, wi- uh, later on. Where, yeah, is that the one that Michael yeah, Wright dropped? That one or, was frustrating yeah. as well. So, just really silly mistakes. And like you say, that costs you what? Top of my head, that's probably cost you about twenty-one points there and then. You know, so some 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 yeah, like different scene yeah, of ball game. Yeah, they're the ones you just kind of. No, uh, I didn't catch much of it, to be fair. Um, But I will just totally change the subject very quickly, just because the notification has come through on my phone. We'd have some siren sound effect here if I had the editing software. And just been reported that the national championship game may be postponed a week. Uh, Supposedly, as a COVID Ohio State, the national championship game is set to be postponed. So I thought, Ooh, just put some well, news in the podcast. We need mm. to get Stuart to get on those little breaking news sound things from the news that we can just drop in there. But <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, like, oh, like... also means we we'll probably get well, a week off. Yeah, as well, nothing, so nothing, one hundred percent confirmed. <laughs> it's being reported by a number of Alabama media outlets. That's yeah. what the team have been telling the press. Ohio State's media team is sort of going, "Well, we're planning to play as planned," which. COVID, and not really addressing COVID, which means they've got a COVID yeah. problem. They don't want to admit that quite yet. But, um, but anyway. Speaking of Dabo on this, and <laughs> I just I forgot to mention it last week, in one of the on one of the big Ohio State Twitter pages, they did a poll. Who's the more hated coach, Dabo Sweeney or Jim Harbour? And it was a runaway how much Ohio State hate Dabo. Now, I and I just found that, you know, you're doing a bad job at Michigan if you're not the most hated coach by Ohio State fans. Yeah, because he's just laughing. He's a laughing stuff. There's more pictures. And I, I know, you know, Ohio State fans got salty because yeah. Dabo ranked them 11th. But <clears> in the grand scheme... But I, but I thought, did, when you listen to why Dabo did that, he said, I'm not ranking a team with less than 10 games in my top 10. Whoever you are, I rank... He goes, Ohio State was a great team. He goes, I wasn't ranking any team with less than 10 games in my top 10. So he wasn't being salty to Ohio State. He just had... Mm-hmm. I, did see, I did see the meme, though, that was like... Um, it was Dabo Sweeney's rankings, and then it was a picture of Justin Fields. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and I did. That used personally. it very well as motivation. It was, <laughs> you know, Ryan Day did a very Dabo Sweeney thing. Dabo Sweeney's very good at using those things that people say about the program as motivation and to build it. It was oddly Ryan Day played Dabo at his own game, but yeah, so it'll be interesting, guys. We may not have a national time title game. Um, this coming Monday on the 11th of Jan, as we expect, it may be the 18th. Mm. Mm. Wow, breaking news. But let's move on to uh, another bowl game, the Capital One Orange Bowl between the Texas A&M Aggies, who are still, they, they just, they up until this game against the, the North Carolina Tar Heels, they still refuse to let it go. That they didn't make the uh, college football playoffs this year. Uh, players have been making memes on Twitter. They've been very outspoken. Um, they, they weren't happy, uh, but they did their they did their kind of cause no harm. Uh, taking on a North Carolina offense, which has been electric this season. 
up and down team where their defense has kind of not been so great. Quarterbacked by uh, one of the best sophomore quarterbacks in uh, college football, and Sam Howell. Uh, it was the it was the Aggies that ran away with it in the end. Um, uh, Kellen Mond with not the most spectacular of games, but they still put up forty one points as a team. Uh, for five rushing touchdowns was uh, key to that. Uh, another key was that they had nine tackles for a loss and four sacks mm. on defense. Uh, anyone yeah. watch? I mean, I didn't was, watch this game. I just watched highlights. It was the fourth quarter, really. That was a massive, massive difference. Um, I'm surprised, to be honest, they left it that late. Um, I don't think A&M, I know it sounds bizarre when you win 41-27, but I think they weren't that convincing in the first three quarters, if I'm being honest. And if you look at North Carolina, like who they had missing, I mean, De'Ami Brown was out, the two running backs, Williams and Carter, out as well. I, I, I... The Daz, Daz, the Daz Newsome player. Sorry? No, I said, I was going to say Daz Newsome, yeah, but he did actually so play. There was... For me, I, I thought A&M would have run with it, you know, far earlier, but um, better late than never from their side. Um, yeah, for me, it was very similar to UNC's game against Notre Dame, where they held the team for three quarters, they competed, and then overall talent gets the better of them, the more talent the team comes away late. And it was very much that. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed at how well UNC kept in this game. Um, but with all those offensive pieces out, and as Nick said, Defense is a tad on the suspect side, still quite young, still developing. Um, I'm yeah, surprised they kept it so close for three quarters, mm. but AM ran away with it in the fourth. And yeah, and I know Aggies fans think they deserve to be in the playoffs, but if you if you compare Notre Dame and Texas AM, Notre Dame didn't lose by 28 to Bama and did. So swing mm. roundabouts. Everyone, whoever yeah. was in the four spot was going out of the playoff. Like, I don't think any team in the four spot yeah. from any, like you could put the Bearcats if Ohio State has been at four, if Clemson had been at four, whoever played Bama this year was going to lose. So I think A&M did themselves a favour and gone, yeah, we have a one loss season because it would have been two losses if they'd made the playoffs. Mm. It's funny that uh, Spiller didn't, um, I mean, he did be played, but, he split carries with a freshman running back as well. Uh, and I think the freshman outshone him, actually. So, um, that was a yeah, bit of a, was a, a, bit bit of a surprise. The whole season throws up some funny surprises sometimes. Yeah. So, gents, we're going to wrap it up. I'm just going to throw, give you, I want you like, sort of first opinion, like, first thoughts of what you... Uh, Thought when you saw this score or this result from a couple of other bowl games. Um, just uh, just throwing it out there. Montgomery Bowl, Memphis twenty five ten against FAU. Nice to see uh, Brady White, the, the most winning, the winningest, win, winningest quarterback in Memphis history, go out on a high. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Yeah, happy for Brady White. Yeah. Um, did you guys see Hawaii beating? Houston, 28-14. Did you think that was going to happen in New Mexico Bowl? Uh, no, not really. I would have assumed Houston were the better team. I've not yeah. watched much of Hawaii this year. But Houston have looked an up-and-down sort of team. But I keep an eye out for Houston. Obviously, Brant Slav, their safety. We've interviewed him. Top bloke. Really nice guy. Does a lot of charity work. Always cheer for Houston. Mm. Didn't work out for them this week. Yeah. And Suk, did you think that Marshall were going to uh, lose their bowl game against Buffalo in the Camellia Bowl? No, it uh, looks like their season's just uh, derailed. I think they lost three in a row now, didn't they? So, 
It was enough um, to get their coach fired. Yeah. No way, did he? Yeah, they yeah. sat. Um, Marshall told um, their coach that after 11 years and probably some of the most successful times in recent history, um, he uh-huh. got they got sacked with an 82 and 51 <laughs> record for a program like Marshall to have a positive win percentage in this day and age is really good. Um, but yeah, they had a great season this year, and it obviously fell off the cliff a little bit at the end. But yeah. come on, what? Can we, can we also give a shout out to uh, another unique college name? But they're running back, uh, Knowledge McDaniel. Oh, great name, great name. We need to we need to do on an episode at some point before the season comes back the ten best names in college football. Yeah. Well, the off season is a long time, Nick. I'm, yeah, it is. I reckon we could make an all name team. We'll find a great name at each position. Yeah. Yeah. We, let's do that. Let's do that. Um, definitely one we need to talk at least fifteen seconds on. Liberty and Coastal Carolina, the game that we wanted so badly during the regular season, which went belly up, forcing BYU to come play them mm. last minute. In fact, we finally got the game we wanted to in the Cure Bowl, and it didn't go the way that we expected. Yeah, we did talk about it last week, actually, because uh, I think we, oh, we... we briefly, I briefly touched upon it. Yeah, it oh, was yeah. Uh, it was an amazing overtime win. Um, Coastal Carolina looked like they were going to sort of, um, they managed to stop Liberty at the end of the fourth quarter with a turnover. And I thought, yeah, they're going to win this. But then in overtime, obviously, you know, we, we talked about the, uh, obviously the college overtime rules and how you guys prefer the college rules than, you know, the NFL rules. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, my gut is currently full of uh, chicken tikka masala and uh, kima naan. I know it's the weirdest way to start any sentence, but uh, my gut was uh, thinking about college football at the time when we did our predictions last week, and my gut was spot on with my uh, my out there prediction of Oklahoma State beating Miami 37-34. Yeah, um, Miami's defensive starters were missing. Um, I didn't expect it to have quite as much of an impact as it did. Also was expecting... Um, you know, just a bit more on offense. Didn't really happen. Uh, yeah, these things, these things happen. Miami have been about and down all year. Yeah, could have gone either it's ne- way. It's, ne- it's never good when you start 20, 21 zip down, though, at the end of the first quarter, nope. is it? Uh, that's a shocking start. Uh, Texas beat Colorado 55-23 in the Alamo Bowl. Uh, yeah, Colorado was pretty impressive for the first few games, didn't they? But then... We always thought Texas were had the had the muscle to win this one. Yeah, I was the only one of us who went for the semi blowout. You guys all had it within sort of ten. I had it nine on twenty point split. But yeah, it was sometimes talent wins, and and this time talent won. Yeah, uh, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Now we're gonna we can talk for five seconds about how Wisconsin. Um, do you know what? There's something so aesthetically pleasing at looking at their second, third, and fourth quarter. 14, 14, 14. Um, not a single field goal was kicked in this game um, by either team. But Wisconsin beat Wake Forest 42 28. But the only thing we need to talk about is um, what, what Graham Metz did. Dropping the trophy. Did. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrible. What a muppet. He was dancing around with a glass trophy. The ball slipped off the top and it shattered. So instead, he, he didn't he sell a tape a bottle of Duke's Mayo to the top yeah. and said, look, I fixed it. Oh, what a Muppet. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Proper, proper Muppet. Yeah, that was a bit of an odd game. Um, 
lots of second half turnovers from Wake Forest. It was a shootout in the first in the first half. It was looking all good. Wake Forest were looking competitive, and yeah, just second half of turnovers killed the game for them. Wisconsin were able to capitalize. Uh huh. Uh huh. I won't. I won't get into this one at all because it's not two major teams. But one of the bowl upsets must have been the Arizona Bowl. Ball State smashing San Jose State. Who saw that one coming? San Jose State had a lot of starters missing. Um, from this game. Didn't expect it to be quite so one-sided, but yeah, San Jose State were in a bit of a... It was, it was one of those that if their season hadn't been so successful, they might have opted out of their bowl game, but I think they wanted to play yeah. one more. 27 zip after the first quarter. Wow. And I'm just going to throw this out there. This, this has, to have, uh, has to have some sort of acknowledgement in our like unique name category. Receiver for Ball State. Yo Heinz Tyler is in Yo Yo Y O apostrophe Heinz like Heinz B. Oh no, love that. Yo, Yo Heinz. Heinz. Yeah, like that. Yo Heinz. Like wow. That's... This is I mean yeah wow. Um, Mississippi State beat Tulsa twenty eight twenty six. That was a big shock. Yeah, a team with a were they three and eight come the end of the season winning a bowl game. Bit of a joke, but yeah, Mississippi State proved that. It's what conference you're in. Tulsa have a winning record in a bad conference. Then Mississippi State better. Um, I'm hoping you're going to get to my favourite bowl result of the. Um, the my, actually, it was probably my favourite bowl game. That, is it right? If, is it the Liberty Bowl? Was that Indiana? Um, no, so we'll, we'll get there. We, we'll get. It, it, I haven't come across it yet. It'll be yeah. It'll be further down. We'll get. We'll, we'll get. We'll get there. I promise. I will not. If I talked about Ball State, San Jose State, I'm not going to skip Indiana. Um, I'm not going to ask for any questions on this one. Just more of a West Virginia beating Army 24-21, the Liberty Bowl. Uh, Citrus Bowl, Northwestern against Auburn. Northwestern obviously been great this season. Auburn being a hitty-missy. But this was a real test of, you know, how the Big Ten teams fare against uh, SEC teams. And, uh, yeah, the better team won the game. Northwestern won 35-19 against Auburn. Um, is, is that brilliant? It's you know, yeah. Is the SEC is like the conference these days, um, but Northwestern are still better than Auburn, right? Uh, now. 100%. Yeah, it was. You know, I thought Auburn players—they'll come and want to prove a point. Some did, some didn't. It's. I think you know it's going to be tough to turn Auburn around. Uh, they need some. They need to get some talents if they want to compete in the SEC. Yeah, here's your game. Here's your uh, outback bowl, Indiana. Oh, uh, miss. Amazing season. See, they see Northwestern put on a great example of why you know you talk about oh, if Northwestern in the SEC, they'd probably be crap. Well, no, but then the argument gets reinforced after uh, Indiana have had a fantastic season, albeit let's let's still you know the, their quarterback Michael Penix has been uh, was great and then obviously had an ACL. So it's been missing the last few games. And yeah, Indiana lost 26-20. To yeah, Ole it was late game heroics. It was, it was just a fun game. It was Lane Kiffin coaching a crazy, crazy old Miss team. They're so up and down. I've um, got him a contract extension this win. He's in his first year as a head coach at um, Old Miss. And it got him a contract extension, if you could believe it, this game. Just... <laughs> just how it happened. I don't quite know why, but yeah, it was a really, it was a fun game of football to watch. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and just finally, just a credit, another shock win. NC State finishes a ranked team 
but they lost 23-21 to a Kentucky team that we've watched get pounded and pounded over and over again. Uh, SEC flexing their muscles. Yeah, yeah, I watched a bit of this, actually. Um, yeah, my, my uh, randomly, Kira, my oldest, wanted to watch this. I think um, it was just one of them days, you know, when it's just like, yeah, I'm a bit bored, there's nothing else to do. I think it was the day after New Year's, wasn't it? And it was just like, yeah, I'll just put this on whilst we wait for yeah. something more exciting to put on. But yeah, uh, pleasantly surprised uh, Kentucky came away with that win. Yeah, ACC did not fare well in bowls this year, which doesn't surprise anyone sometimes. They're a bit of a, it's a bit of a weird conference, the Atlantic Coast Conference. It shows talent, but doesn't always do it. <sighs> but yeah, NC State just didn't get this one done. And it's good to hear Foot getting his... Uh, his oldest into college ball early. We'll have to get him a team soon. Yeah, he, he um, he's still deciding, but I think um, he was considering Georgia because he's a, those of you know, he's a massive Todd Gurley fan. Like, yeah. Todd Gurley's like been his guy since he started watching the NFL. So, part of him is thinking Georgia. The other part of him was like, well, I like the Rams. So, you know, the team that's just a USC. USC. Um, Trojan. Mm, I thought you were going to say that. And then that'd be quite interesting because yeah. it'll be like, you know, obviously saying rivalries, rivalries. etc. But we'll see. He's still early for him. Yeah, college <laughs> college is a more tough nut to crack than the NFL because when it comes to choosing teams, there's so many of them. There's so many of yeah. them and you've got to find one that appeals to your heart. That's it. I would I would I would have probably supported whichever team was in if if New York City had a major college, you know, Philadelphia have Temple. Um or Villanova, I think it's mainly Temple. So if if the if 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 Temple was based in New York, like it is Philadelphia City Center, I would have been a, a Temple fan for sure. But you know, New York City doesn't have a team, and Rutgers doesn't count, and Syracuse search like certainly doesn't count. So yeah, it is harder. But if if my city that I have my NFL team, you know, I love the city of New York. That's what I fell in love with. If they had a team, I'd support it. But if they don't. Then yeah, I think it's a it's a different if, interesting path on how you can find yeah, your team. I'm a Northern sure. California guy with a lot of my sports teams. I'm a Sacramento Kings fan, Raiders fan, um, Oakland Days fan. Um, if, if it hadn't been for to go before me picking Clemson, uh, my final two it was Clemson or I would have been a Golden Bear. I'd have been Cal. Would have been Cal. Cal would have been my team. Nice. Nice. Jared, Jared Goff, right? Uh, yeah. For me, for me, back in the day, it was uh, Mar- players like Marshall Lynch coming out of Cal were. That was, that, was, oh, yeah. that was big time. Yeah, so I still follow the Golden Bears slightly. And they, they would be, you know how you say UCF, your second team, Nick? I'd probably have to say Calamine. Yeah. Got you, got you. Um, right, let's round the show off um, with the shortest game of ESPN, Go Home, You're Drunk. Because there's only one game. Uh, I don't know what if you guys have got in front of you. It's Ohio State versus Alabama in the college football playoff national championship from the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, the home of the Miami Dolphins. Um, Alabama are a seven and a half point favorite, um, and the over under is seventy five and a half points. So they think it's going to be a shootout game, a big scoring game. Um, if you if you listen to the podcast last week, we talked about how Clemson were going to come. Well, Clemson were going to beat Ohio State. Or if you listen to Tristan, Clemson were going to destroy Ohio State. Um, so by that reckoning, 
and we've been we thought Alabama would destroy Notre Dame. So by that reckoning, do Alabama destroy Ohio State, or do we get a lot more of a, a closer game than we expect? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's a two-score game for Bama. I think Bama are a better team. I think it would have been a two-score. I, I would have always had Bama as a two-score favorite. Just this team is electric. Um, <laughs> what Ohio State? Two 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 scores, not a lot, you know. No. So you're given, you know, you're given more credit than you. you, you, you let I still think it's two touchdowns. I mean, not so much. Uh, field goal. I think it's a, at least a fourteen-point gap. Um, I just think Alabama, Alabama's defense is better than Clemson's this year, so that will cause Ohio State problems. And if they've got Jalen Waddle back, how do you stop them? Like, what? Where is the Ohio State? What do you do? You do you focus on Smith or Waddle or Harris? Like. They, that's just a monster. You, you can't stop Alabama. Alabama. Alabama will win. And that's just how I see it. And I think Steve Sarkeesian is going to have a massive wanting to prove that he's an elite coach with him. Obviously, coaching his last game as the Alabama offensive coordinator, he took the Texas job in a bit of a shock where they Texas said Todd, um, Tom Herman was staying and then they sacked him and hired Steve Sarkeesian the same day. So I think before he goes to try and re-establish um, the Longhorns, he'll want to see this out of a national championship because his resume was not too impressive until he was at Bama. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, when I, I thought maybe this game, I think this game will be between a 10 and 14 point Alabama win. I think Ohio State, I think people are expecting Alabama to maybe run away with this. And I, don't, I think Ohio State will make it more competitive. Um than we expected, um, you know. I feel like if if you, if you go and blow out Clemson, which is what they did, and then get blown out yourself by Alabama, you know that really shows how big the gap is. But I, this is me, you know. I did say, you know, I think Alabama would would destroy Clemson. Uh, I didn't say, I, I, I didn't say destroy. I did think Alabama would maybe win. Like, I think I thought Alabama could have beaten Clemson by what Ohio State did. So then, by my rights, if I think Bama are better than Ohio State, do I expect an even bigger win? No, it's college football. It's crazy, and I think Ohio State made a, had a statement win against Clemson that they will that they will follow up to a certain extent. But Alabama are, are a different, and breed. I think, and that's why. Uh, sorry to... Yeah, I see. It, I see it being. I see it being about like a thirty, like a thirty-eight twenty-four, 38-27. That's the kind of thing I'm going to go get. And at. The only thing I would disagree there is yes, Ohio State did have the statement win against Clemson, as much as Ohio State. Deserve all the credit in the world for that Clemson win. I think there was a number of issues on the Clemson side of things. Bad defensive play, bad offensive line play, and not being very well coached. It was one time where Dabo just didn't coach very well. I don't think you're ever going to get that with Alabama. I think the scoreline in that Ohio State Clemson game creates a, a separation between those two programs that isn't particularly there. I think if you played Ohio State Clemson 10 times, you'd have a pretty even split of wins and losses. I don't think either school has a massive golf from each other, but I do think Bama has a golfing class from those two. So I would still say, yeah, 14. I'm going to go 14 to 17 points, and I don't think Bama will trail at any point in the game. Okay. Um, I actually think Bama will trail at half-time, but I see Alabama actually coming away with a, a very comfortable win. Uh, like you guys, I think it'll be between 10 to 14 points. Um, I think the defence will step up in the second half, uh, put pressure on Justin Fields. Um, 
I, I just think it's going to go down to Alabama being the better defense. You know, they've got obviously Barmore, Moses up front, and then obviously you've got the corners as well. Yeah, um, Patrick Satan can take away one of Fields' weapons easily. Exactly. And that's something that. He had a great he had a great game, didn't he, against Notre Dame? He's the best game. he's the best corner in college football right now. Mm. And I just yeah. I don't think anything at Ohio State and like you say, I I just I don't and again, Ohio State's defense played okay against Clemson, still allowed a few points. Clemson left a few bits out there. With Waddle, Harris, Smith, Matt Jones and a really good offensive line. I just I don't see where Ohio State stop Alabama from scoring. I just think every, yeah. every time Bama... What was it? I think it's four drives all season Bama haven't scored points of some degree on. They've only wow. had four drives that have led to no points. And I just don't see Ohio State stopping them. And that's <clears> the reason <throat> behind my prediction. <clears throat> yeah. That's, 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 that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, so, yeah, I was just going to finish, finish it off and say... Um, Oh gosh, I had something I was going to say, but it's, you know what? It's just it's just blank, blanked out my mind. So yeah, Alabama against Ohio. Oh, I know what I was going to say, and it was nothing really towards the game. It's like I think Patrick Sertain played on the same high school team as Tyson Campbell. You know, the also predicted first, maybe second round cornerback mm. from Georgia. Imagine playing against that team in high school, Sertain, th- trying to throw on Campbell and Sertain. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Oh God, I bet t- I bet teams just did not enjoy doing that. But yeah, Satane had a great game. He made one play. Just tackling as well is fantastic for a cornerback. He tackles hard and heavy, and I like that. And yeah, he 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 could be the top ten pick for sure in the draft. But yeah, gents, it's been a pleasure. Um, that's it. The next time, you know, if the game is delayed a week, then I can't say this. But uh, if it if it wasn't, then you know, college football is done with. Uh, once we've we we've now done the the prep for, for the entire college football season, uh, I want to finish it with asking how have you enjoyed this year? Been a bit of a weird year um, with these conference only schedules, not a lot of interconference play. Hoping next season we get a bit more of a normal college football um, slate because there's a lot of interesting agreed matchups already. For instance, um. Speaking of my Clemson Tigers, we're due to open our season, all things COVID permitting next year. I believe we're meant to open up against Georgia in a scheduled SEC wow. ACC game. Um, we've got Texas, we got Ooh. Texas A and M, I believe, next year because people have started talking about strength of schedule. So Clemson has done a done a job of scheduling SEC schools to come in and play um, to pad that ACC schedule that has the likes of Wake Forest on it that we can just, you know, to give them marquee wins. So I'm looking forward to some really good interconference matchups. And I've missed rivalry games, like prop, like the interconference ones, like Clemson, South Carolina, Notre Dame, USC, mm. you know, those big um, out-of-conference rivalries. So I've enjoyed this season, yeah. but some normality next year would be grand. I agree. Um, Nebraska... The games that stand out for me, this might not be a standout for most people at all, but um, they played Buffalo, which which was sort of one of the chances for Nebraska to put a, 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 what might have been considered a, a, one of the more out-of-conference easy Ws up. But Buffalo are a good team, and I don't think that'll be as easy as anyone thinks it'd be. And of course, um, they also play Oklahoma. Um, that, that, that's a big one on Nebraska's schedule next season. 
But the biggest one of all is Illinois, um, slated, of course, to be the Aer Lingus Classic uh, in Dublin. Mm. Um, the Hoskers over in uh, the UK and Ireland. I know it's in Ireland, it's in Dublin, Republic of Ireland, but, you know, this 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 section. Uh, whether the game goes ahead or not, I, I've just booked my hotel, of course, non, uh, completely refundable. Because you know I'm not I'm not confident the game will go ahead, but um, but that's what's slated to happen. So it would be unbelievable if it did. Uh, and yeah, difficult season. Um, I've enjoyed watching some Nebraska football. I'm glad that I got something over nothing. And uh, yeah, I did. I, I'm glad that we got a season on. It was a weird season with such delays to a lot of the conferences, and I think some conferences handled it really poorly. But yeah, overall. Glad we got college football, and we're glad we had something to talk about every single week. Um, we wouldn't have had a podcast without it. Uh, suck for um, I'm just happy that I finally found my team. Um, I think the podcast actually <laughs> did a lot to sort of help that. Um, it was one of them situations where, you know, I, I kind of always had some sort of liking of the Ducks, and I thought, you know what, I've just got to pull the plunge now and just have them as my team. And yeah, I've just got to, just got to go with it now. Uh, obviously, a mixed season, um, you know. Winning a championship undeservedly, um, but it's still a championship at the end of the day, isn't it? You can't, you know, I'm not going to begrudge winning it um, at the end of the day. So it's just one of those things and we'll see, you know, what it's like next season. Um, I've not looked too much at the Ducks schedule, if I'm being honest, uh, for next season. I don't imagine Pac-12 would go out of conference at all, but... You guys might be able to correct me on that one. I don't know. Yeah, most teams do have an indication. They do have some sort of out of conference um, sort of availability. Uh, so I've got it. I've got it. Oh, you've here. got your well, out, uh, out of conference state, actually. Freshness yeah. state as well. Yeah, you've mm. you've got Ohio State. I haven't got mm. that on mine. Yeah, I've got. Oh, I do. Sorry, I do. I do. Sorry, where am I looking? You got Fresno State. At Ohio State, and you've got Stony Brook. Yeah, a bit random there, but yeah, Ohio State. That's a that's a meaty one. Yeah, that's a meaty a big game. one. But uh, we'll see how how we fare there. Yeah. September eleventh on September eleventh. Yeah. yeah, so there's there's some big games coming up. You know, some big out of conference games that we've been missing. I think yeah, Nick's touched on um, Oklahoma, Buffalo, and southeastern Louisiana is another one of your out of conference. Yeah, we do, we do, we do. Um, I saw who Alabama have got as their out-of-conference games. They play Miami. Mm. That'll be a huge one. Um, they've got Southern Miss, New Mexico and Mercer, um, which are a bit of walkover games. But yeah, Miami, Hurricanes, 4th September. That's a good one um, at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. But yeah, gents, we'll let you go. Thank you very much once again. And yeah, hope you've had a great season and enjoyed watching the podcast. I said, we'll listen, listen to the podcast. We will be here pretty much all through the off-season, uh, coming up with new ideas every week of what to discuss, uh, trying to get some interesting content for you guys and girls. But yeah, as I said, take it easy. Uh, we've all just been put into another lockdown over here. So um, look after yourselves, stay safe. And yeah, thanks for listening. See you later. Bye, guys. Bye.